You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. I love that you're showing up and I have one promise that I'll deliver on if you keep showing up. I'm going to find the best thinkers, best leaders in all of dentistry, and I'm going to have them share what they know, which is best practices to help you improve your practice and your life. And today we do exactly that with one of my new friends in dentistry. She is a rock star. Her name is Dr. Grace Yum. She created a little thing called, it's not so little anymore, Mommy Dentist in Business. You have to check it out. And today she shares seven of the findings that they learned when it came to practices that were outperforming the pack in the age of COVID. So make sure you check it out. I know you guys will enjoy it. We'll see you soon. Welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast, where you know the jam here. I just get to be the host and find some really cool people in this great profession, and I get to learn from them, and I'm bringing you along on this journey, and it's so cool. My hope is you improve your practice in your life, and so I'm bringing back one of my regular favorite guests. She's becoming a new favorite fun guest of mine, Dr. Grace Young. Grace, thanks for being on. I appreciate it. Hi, Kirk. I love coming on. I love your show, so thanks for having me back, and the time always passes so quickly. Well, I'm glad you think that. So let's hope, let's keep that in a positive light because uh, absolutely, you and I are going to meet someday officially and you're going to be completely underwhelmed. You're going to be like, this is no, not. No, that's <laughs> not true. I'm going to meet you and be like, oh my God, my like oldest, newest, best friend. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And, um, you know, you guys already know this. If you haven't been paying attention, I'm going to tell you anyway, Dr. Gracium is a special, special person uh, for a lot of people in this great industry. And so I want you to Tell, I always want you to tell a little bit of a bio, Grace, on your story. And sure. uh, I mentioned this to you, like, you're going to be on the cover of our January uh, Best Practices magazine. So if you don't if you don't have it, you got to get a copy of it. And uh, we have one goal with the magazine. It's to tell great stories from really cool people. So if I'm listening for the first time, who is Dr. Grace Yum? Give us a little background. All bio. right. Well, if you're a first time listener... So I am a pediatric dentist born and raised in Chicago and worked my way up. The dental chain started at 18, started fee-for-service scratch practices on my way to opening up a third. 
but I think God had other plans for me. I was also running a Facebook group that was my passion project back in 2017. And now it has become my full-time commitment. I sold my practices, never got around to the third one, and run an organization now called Mommy Dentists in Business with over 10,000 mommy dentists. Wow. It is so cool. If you're not a member, you got to be a member, but you got to qualify to be a member. You have to be a mommy. <laughs> and so I can't actually officially qualify as a member, but I can certainly have you on the podcast as many times as you're willing. So it's oh, totally cool. Well, thank you. I, I love I love being on your podcast. I love podcasting, listening to podcasts. It's a great way to get information on your own time and really learn so much. Yeah. And so um, let's point, let's point uh, everybody that's listening to those. I, I want you to follow Grace's podcast because it is really, um, it's super honest. Like it's, there are some subjects I'm like, wow, I don't know if I should be listening with other people in the car here on this one. And it's really honest. Like it's amazing. So can you point people to that? And then also I want them to check you out on the web. So how do I find both of those? Oh, well, thank you so much. So you can find the podcast easily, Mommy Dentist and Business. We're on all the different platforms from Apple to Google, Stitcher Play, et cetera, iHeartRadio. And our website is M-O-M-M-Y-D-I-B-S.com. Yeah. Awesome. Make sure you guys check that out. And today we're going to go on a wild journey. And I actually really, this might be one of my favorite, uh, especially with you, is we're going to be talking about outperforming the pack, um, you know, beyond COVID or through COVID, because I want you to talk about the project. What? Let's talk about the why yeah, before the how. Sure. What does the title even mean? Take us through that. Sure. So it's Outperformers. Practices outperforming the pack in the age of COVID. And now we're pulling out, I would say, of the age of COVID. However, and I'm sure many of you guys are so sick of COVID, right? Like some of you guys are like, we are done. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> However, looking back and polling the 10,000, I was able to harvest information, analytical, analytical data on practices, independent practices, not, not large DSOs, on what they did to financially do better than previous years. One might think, of course, we shut down. It was COVID. Nobody practiced for a couple of months. Of course, our numbers are going to go down. Of course, production is going to go down. Overhead went up, etc. However, there were many practices that outperformed what they did in previous years. And so I wanted to know, what did you do to outperform yourself? And hence the word outperformers. And I was able to collect a lot of information from everyone who was willing to share. Some not want to share publicly on Facebook. So they sent me private messages or emails. And after filtering through all that data, I was able to come up with seven consistent points I love action. I love this and give us just a little bit more. So I just want to make sure I get this right. So as you were listening to a lot of the members and you're really paying attention, 
you're just noticing a trend. Is that what motivated you to do this, this study and grab the research? You're like, okay, there's too many of these happening where you guys are doing better. Is that what yes. really prompted you to do that? Yes. Well, what also prompted me was during the shutdown when everything was this, it was so vague. We're waiting for the ADA. We're waiting for our state dental societies to tell us what to do. There was a lull, right? And a panic, a moment of panic, especially dentistry where it's all about aerosols. We're in people's mouths and this pandemic is going on. We don't know much about it. People are dying. People are getting sick and nobody knows anything, right? So in that moment, in that during those times of panic, it wasn't just about the health, but it was also the business. Like if you were a business owner, what do you mean layoff? What does that mean to furlough? What does that all mean to let go and then rehire? What are the rules? What are the guidelines? It was PPP loan. How do you do that? What does that mean? How do we pay it back? It's a, there was just so much. It was very overwhelming. And for a lot of dentists, they didn't know where to go to get information. My group, we became a centralized hub and we grabbed information. I was calling experts. I was calling legal teams, HR teams, bankers, accountants. I was calling the whole world, trying to grab resources, distributors, manufacturers. How do we get, even outside of dental, how do we get those N95 masks that are NIOSH approved, right? So we didn't want the fake masks. Where are we getting our gowns? Where are we getting the scrub? There was so much to secure. If you're an oral surgeon, you probably already had all of these things. If you did surgery because you needed all of those things anyway, but if you are not doing surgery every day, you needed to secure all those things all of a sudden that now became the guideline to go back to practice, right? Donning on, donning off, doing it correctly. Like we were just so overwhelmed. So we became this hub. We were getting all these resources. All of a sudden, there are members in our group that said, Grace, you know information faster than my attorney. You have grabbed information faster than my accountant. Why am I telling my accountant how to get the PPP loan? Why am I telling my bank, like, this is what the forms I need to send in? And so, as you know, hard news, whoever breaks the news first wins, right? Whoever gets that uh, information communication first, knowledge is power. Early bird gets the worm. We were able to secure all of our things that we needed to stay on top of things. That I wanted to set the precedence though, because I wanted to set that precedence to the audience. All of that leads into how practices outperformed. I love it. I absolutely love it. So take us on this journey. What so were I am going to tell you this journey. It's very interesting. Okay. Right. So first, number one, because okay. there's seven. Okay. So we're going to go through this quickly. Number one, COVID-19 protocols were adopted and set in place in motion fast. So the practices that were able to prepare their teams and get those protocols in place and get everybody lined up kind of early on so that when they, the state said open, they were ready to go. They're ready. Cause a lot of states said emergencies only. You can only do mm, emergencies only. Yeah. It just depended on population density of your town, right? Because there are rural parts where 
really COVID didn't hit and it was business as usual, right? So it didn't affect them. But if you were in a very densely populated city where COVID was rampant, then yeah, there was a lot of issues. So practices who are able to say, okay, I've got protocols in place, my team is on board and they're trained and they were kept in the loop during quarantine, they were able to open their doors with confidence, with their team confident and quickly. So that was number one. Yeah. Okay. Can I just comment on that? Because that's so yeah. true. Um, I love this because um, we saw it in the exact same thing differently. It's like if you were a great leader and you're organized and you were communicating with your team, that showed up during COVID. If you weren't, that showed up during COVID. So a lot of people yeah. turned their back on their teams. They were, you know, they ran away from it. The people that leaned into it and said, okay, listen, I don't know what's happening, right. but I got you and we will figure this out day by day. They were, that's so true. That's so yeah. powerful. Yeah. So yeah, getting that protocol set up and, and being confident and having everything ready to go. That was number one. Number two, offices or practices that called their patients individually rather than a mass email, they were able to fill the schedules quickly. Mm -hmm. So the patients felt cared for and were less afraid. They had communication with their patients. The team handled all the questions with compassion, not saying, oh, you're ridiculous. Don't worry about it. No. They said, we understand you're nervous. We understand you're scared. Let us answer your questions. We want to make sure you're comfortable coming in and yeah. not afraid. I and love that. That sounds so natural and intuitive, but the truth of it is a lot of people don't call patients and they stuck to digital communication. So right. I, I would imagine that was a pretty natural discipline for them to call patients. Um, right. Reminds me, I, I love this. And so I always piggyback with a story like there's yeah. a one of our favorite. He said to his team on the very first day, everybody that comes out, we're going to be intentional about putting them back in. So he had all the patients that came out of the schedule go on a three by five card and like, let's stay in communication with it. Somehow, some way we got to get them back into the schedule. So point well stated, Grace. That's so yeah. good. No. And, and the thing is, there are practices that did both mass emailing and calling, right? And, and you know your patients. You know the ones that are going to be kind of timid and ask you 50,000 questions. And you know that patient that's like, I trust you blindly. Like, whatever you say, doc, I'm coming, you know? So you kind of have to know your, your audience, your patient base, right? And who you're really going to call. So, okay. So moving on to point number three. Practices that drop PPO insurances, they became more profitable. And that's obvious, right? You're not in network anymore. You're going to get cash pay. Of course, it's going to hike up your um, productivity and, and your income. The doctors, I would say most doctors would be afraid to drop insurances, but the ones that did drop their PPO did see an increase in their profits because they communicated to the patient why they were dropping the PPO, why they were dropped. You know, they explained, I can't see multiple patients at a time. Now we can only do one at a time. The rise in cost of PPE. I'm trying to keep you safe. I want you to feel comfortable being the only patient in the office and nobody else around. I want you to know that we paid extra money for the PPE so that we're all covered up that you're going to be safe. Those patients completely understood and agreed to pay full price. 
Yeah, that's so good. And uh, did you see this in large fashion or small fashion? That's one of my questions. And we saw it on, like we had doctors that are like, okay, this is the perfect time. I'm done. I'm right. just done. Right. And right. so they were still scared, but I don't know of one person that dropped it during that they go, oh, that was a bad decision. Did you <laughs> find the same thing on your side? No, everyone who dropped were like, this is the perfect time. Yeah. Yeah. And they did it and they were so, they were like, I'm so glad I did it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was the right time to drop the PPO. They were ready. Yeah. It's so, a, it's so funny how like some of the worst or most challenging times of your life end up becoming some of the best. I, right. Right. Yeah. So, you know, they, they really did it. And, and then this leads into number four practices that ran lean and mean, meaning they trim the extra fat. They saw their profits rise, right? So they ran on a skeleton crew, but they were able to provide the same level of care because now they're really doing one-on-one, not three ops filled. So they were able to do the one-on-one care with a skeleton crew. They lowered their, their overhead, but then dropped insurances and increased their their fees and I mean their productivity as far as like monetary wise. Yeah. So they were getting their profits up. Yeah. So, so go back. That was I love this one too. So go back to lean and mean. You're probably not saying, oh, they went really cheap on their supplies and everything. They went to inefficiencies like, well, this chair is only ha- open half the time. Let's shut it down. Are you talking about just pulling it in a little bit tighter or what, what, what are you talking about? Anything come to mind? They're, they, they were talking about employees. Yeah. Like this was the best time to drop toxic employees because you had to furlough and then you could bring back who you wanted to bring back. Right. So they realized, Hey, this guy or this girl is always giving everybody trouble. I'm not, uh, keep them furloughed. Brilliant. (laughs) I'm not going to call them until I really need them, you know? And so they said, I'm going to pay for two assistants and, I'm going to drop insurances and we're going to just run on a skeleton crew, like one front desk and one back assistant. That's it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Absolutely. That was point number four. Why have all these extra hands when, you know, you don't need to, right? Uh, Number five, many doctors saw an increase in seeing emergency patients. So there were a lot of broken fillings, clenching, and a lot of bruxism. And that's probably because parents, a lot of parents were home with their kids, right? And a lot of everyone was stressed during COVID, not just dentists, but doctors reported an increase in broken restorations wow. and therefore more dental work. And then again, going back to what I st- stated in the beginning, the doctors that secured their PPE first, they were able to see the new patients because the dentists in their community that didn't have their PPE couldn't see patients. So the ones that adopted the protocols early, got their air purifiers, got the N95 masks, got the gowns, got the face shields. They made patients feel comfortable. They were taking patients from other dentists in the community because they had everything. They were ready to roll. So all of a sudden their, their schedules are packed with emergencies because they had everything. And, And the minute they could practice again, they were they're on it. 
Yeah. You probably saw more stress-related dentistry than we've ever seen, you know. Also, too, if you remember, like all of us were at home. We were looking for any opportunity to get out. And if we had any trust in going somewhere, we were taking it, you know. We were taking it. But here, so this is really important. My next point, which is the sixth point, it's going into what kind of dentistry we were doing. So a lot of emergencies, but then because everybody was doing Zoom calls, patients were looking for elective work. They're like looking at themselves on camera and they're like, oh my God, my teeth are brown. They wanted veneers. They wanted whitening. They wanted Invisalign. They wanted cosmetic work. So more and more people were conscientious or self-conscious, I should say, of what they look like because of Zoom calls or Google Meets calls or Microsoft Team calls, whatever, what have you not. Nonetheless, Patients were seeking elective services alongside emergency services. So that Invisalign case, that $7,000, $8,000 case, boom. They were like, sign me up. Yeah. I'm in. And how easy is Invisalign because you're scanning a patient and delivering? There's no aerosols. Right. Unless you're getting to the bonding buttons and, you know, stripping down. But initially you're just scanning come back deliver your first set of trays there is like very low risk in invisalign um, at the dental office absolutely it's so cool you say again i love all these um you know think about this any person that wasn't using zoom that was employed was now using zoom whether you liked it or not you had to in order to keep your job you had to communicate for the most part Face to face. So we were all looking at ourselves, whether we wanted to or not. And then secondly, I saw a lot of doctors actually doing consults through Zoom. They're like, hey, listen, I'm going to see you. And then I'm just going to do a Zoom consult. And I was like, we heard terms like teledentistry, which I'd been familiar with a little bit. But like now people had no excuse to step into that. Right. No, no. So that was very clear. And then the last point that I'm going to leave you with is that doctors who provided a strong culture for their team also reported increased in profits. Because the doctors engaged their team members during quarantine, like you said, they leaned in, right? They said, we're gonna be on WhatsApp and we'll do, you know what? Is your family sick? Did you guys get COVID? I'm sending you dinner. Mm -hmm. Uber is coming over to drop off dinner. Okay, you guys need groceries? I'm going to give you guys grocery cards. You guys need this. I'm going to send you this. And the doctors who are like, hey, let's meet on Zoom. Let's check in. Let's talk about the protocols. Let's talk about the PPE. Let's talk about your fears. Let's. What are you worried about? What are you not worried about? What do you need? Those doctors who showed true leadership and kept their team close reported higher numbers. So that is really important culture. And a lot of this comes down to a lot of this comes down to communication, basically communicating with your team, communicating with your patients, communicating with your distributor or manufacturer and getting supplies. If you had a good relationship with the person that you order supplies with, you bet they're going to send you the box of N95s really fast. Right. You know, if you're that person's favorite dentist and you treat that rep really well, oh, yeah, they're going to send you what you need. And yeah. fast. Yeah. And if you're only ordering through websites and eBay and there's no person to talk to, good luck. Yeah. You might be getting fake ones. That's so true. That's so true. And these aren't just lessons 
that could be applied in the age of COVID. They were lessons. So what'd you see afterwards? This is awesome. So what have you seen since? And what are some of the things that you've heard um, as you talk to members of the community? You know, I think now people are stable. And right now there's this whole threat of a looming recession. So people are getting a little nervous about that. But I think that they've, right now, the challenge is human capital crunch, right? People are having a hard time finding employees or team members. And so they've learned, hey, if you can keep your culture happy and people happy, you can maintain. But, but. I hate to say it, a lot of team members are going to leave you for that extra five bucks, mm-hmm. right? And it's really hard to be pushed into a corner. But a lot of companies, including DSOs, ended up paying double what you normally would pay for an hourly employee to keep them around. And now it's about building a better mousetrap in your company. It's about retention because we all know when you have turnover, it's costly. Right. It's taking time, spending more money training a new person. You want to retain the good talent that you have because chances are they're going to get poached. And right now, LinkedIn, social media, people jump ship to ship and it's almost normal. Now, team members, you get a resume, it's one year here, one year here, six months here. It's almost the norm. It's very rare that you're going to find someone who stayed with a company for five years unless they're in the older age bracket where that was a generational concept. The newer generation, it's completely normal to stay in a job for a year and move on. Yeah. So what do you tell? So I'm going to be the young dentist. Grace, give me some advice. I just got started. What would you tell me? Like, I'm 30, I'm 31, I'm 32. I'm listening to this. Like, I got three decades of this. What would you... Like, how do, how do I apply all this for my future? What would you say to him? Well, are you a new practice owner or are you just um, a new I'm associate? New. I'm new. You're I'm just new. new. You're yeah. just new. You're just new dentist. I would just say, hey, learn to communicate. Yeah. Okay. You really need to, and you need to be a, a people person. I'm not saying you need to be a pushover or a doormat. I'm not saying that. But you need to learn how to cultivate rapport. That will serve you well 10 times over. You need to be likable. Don't be a jerk. Nobody likes a jerk, not your patient, not your rep, not your team members. I, I get it. You worked really hard and long to be a doctor, but stay humble. Don't be a hotshot because nobody cares for a hotshot. And even if you practice long-term, like even 20 years out, you're still learning new things. Right. You still make mistakes. And I know that you're going to think, oh, I'm a doctor and I have doctor on my scrub top. In 20 years, you're not going to even want to wear scrubs anymore. <laughs> So true. So true. Yeah. And, you know, we're all allergic to mean people. Whenever a waiter comes to our table, it says, any allergies? I say to mean people. Yeah. Cause it, mean people. it shows up when you're mean. It, it shows, shows up, up later. Well, you know what? You just shoot yourself in the foot. Right. You just, you, you lose opportunities. You lose opportunities and it's just karma. You know, like when you put out good energy and good karma, it comes back to you. Yeah. It really does. So I, I believe that as a young dentist, Learn your skill set, learn your trade, learn from mentors, but be a good person. Do what's right for the patient. Do what's right for the team. If and put yourself in the other person's shoes, right? So understand before you want to be understood. Yeah. 
Grace, this is us. Talk about karma. Talk about, you know, creating value for other human beings. You're, you're just, you're wise beyond your years. It's just going to be fun to watch how you impact this great profession for years. And, uh, you know, I, I, I want to ask you, I want you to tell our listeners about some of like, you have some amazing gatherings come up. I want to tell in just a second, but any last thoughts before we get to that, any last thoughts on like, um, outperforming the pack in the age of COVID? Any last thoughts is just keep learning keep going. Don't be discouraged. Day to day, it can be discouraging, but look for the positive in that day. Look for what is your why. Did you make a patient smile? Did you get someone say, oh my gosh, I love the color of my teeth or, oh my gosh, I can smile again. Look for the the reasons why you're in this in the first place, you know, because that's going to keep you motivated and and that's what's going to keep you coming. And guess what? The money will come. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Now, I may never be able to get in one of these. Actually, I'm just going to show up accidentally and go, I'm lost. I, how did I get into this room? And you're going to go, you, you shouldn't should be come. here. You should come. You should come. I know our events for, are for mommy, Dennis, and business, but we also have a ton of guests and, and sponsors and exhibitors and, and people who show up. They want to be part of the community. And we are so welcoming to all of our friends in the industry. And honestly, it's a great place for moms to get out of the house some will bring their children and that's okay some will bring their spouses and that's okay some because you don't like to travel alone a lot of moms end up uh you know rooming together or so that they're not in a foreign city in a foreign hotel by themselves and so we want to be make sure everyone's safe our events are wildly popular the next one's coming up in laguna beach in february it's okay our CEO you gotta table. tell us about it what is it what is it so we call it the ceo roundtable initially i started it Back in 2018, it was only meant for like 20 to 25 to really be intimate and share best practices. And it's become really popular. And so we grew it to 50 and then more people wanted to join. So now we have two cohorts. So we have cohort A and B and we have different themes each session. So this one is gritty leadership and next year is self-care. And it's, it's for doctors who have a practice or aspire to have a practice to really share what they're doing that is successful or not successful. And they talk about everything according to business planning type of things, like what kind of software are you using? What kind of, you know, accountant or retirement plan are you using? So we, we discuss all these different things at the round table. And so that one is our medium sized event. Uh, our clinical events are about 80 to hundred people. And that is also coming up in April and the spring. And Bisco is hosting us. They have been hosting us. They have a great place in Schaumburg, Illinois. And next year, GC America will also be hosting us. So we do a lot of those events. We have a brick and mortar space in Chicago in Wicker Park. It's a trendy area. And we have the smaller gatherings from anywhere between five and 40 people. And we are looking to do more things at the space. And a lot of businesses and companies are also looking to rent it. Uh, so BioClear, for example, Ultradent, uh, are, they're looking at the space to rent next year for their own meetings. And so it's a great way to get uh, mommy dentists together and also dentists in the area together. We always have our annual session, which is about 300 people. That's our biggest one that will be in Boston next year. All of this is on our website under events. You can come check it out. If you have any questions, feel free to message us through the website. We are more than happy to answer and uh, we'd love to see you all there. 
Yeah, you have to check it out. If you guys aren't taking notes, don't worry. We're taking notes for you. So if you flip up to the notes in Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, doesn't matter. You're going to see links to everything that Grace has mentioned. And you can click right on it. It's going to take you right to the website and all of those events. I highly encourage you to check it out. I have not been allowed in yet, but I will. I'm going to find my way. I'm going to volunteer. Tear myself to get. Hey, I'll I'll fold fold napkins. I'll put up. I'll put up tables. I'll do whatever you need. Like I want to get in. I want to see what this is all about. So no, I think you should come to Boston. (laughs) We'll have a podcasting table for you. You just have to bring your equipment. (laughs) Game on, game on. I'll I'll do it. So awesome. So Grace, thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate this. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Have a great holiday. Yeah. And I'm going to have you back again and again and again and again and again, just because you're just willing to to do it. So stick around. Oh yeah, anytime. It's awesome. (laughs) Make sure you read her article in the January edition of the Best Practices Magazine. It's the story behind how she's done what she's done. And it's a cool story. So thank you guys for tuning in to the Best Practices Show. Hey, if you enjoyed today, just do us a favor, hit the share button, share this with your friends. Keep sending us suggestions for things you guys want to see. I love it. I got them all lined up as much as I can for the next couple of weeks. And until we see you guys next time, or you hear from us next time, keep watching or keep listening to the Best Practices Show. You guys enjoy your day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm gonna spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.